Welcome. Where did we leave off? You were talking about how yesterday. Oh, jeez. He... Oh, yeah. Yesterday I got home and uh, 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 turns out my grandmother gave me COVID, which is deeply ironic considering my actions trying to keep her from getting it for the past three years. Um, so, but because. Oh, is of... this your first time uh, doing this dance? Three, almost three fucking years. And I've been a good, good COVID girl, and uh, no, I think no. they should give you something, a lollipop I would, or something. Well, they, yeah, they gave me something. It's COVID. Congratulations, Merry yeah. Christmas, Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. I'm just, just, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm so cranky about it. But it, it, it also you happened have every to, right be, to be. It, it also happened to be the two-year anniversary of The Matrix Resurrections, a movie that we have not talked in depth about this this podcast so far. The movie that was the first movie I saw in theaters um, post, well, you know, after pandemic started. I have an insane story about my first movie in the theater uh, uh, post start of pandemic, but that's a different story because last night I just decided, okay, fuck it. I'm angry. I'm going to get absolutely trashed and watch resurrections and i did to be fair you cro- probably would have done that even if literally was my plan anyway so yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah i'm really glad that my hobby is movies because like ah darn now i have to instead of going to spend christmas with my family ah darn i have to watch through this giant stack of 4k steelbooks that i've stockpiled for myself yeah um, you know some vices aren't really vices <laughs> Like, I did have plans with Bex and their family, but that's fucked now, so I guess I'll take the consolation prize of I don't have to see my aunts. So, like... uh, But I did cry repeatedly at Resurrections again. Um, uh, And that's fairly par for the course. uh, For me. (laughs) Uh, It just gets me every fucking time. It's amazing. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be a really good time. Um, But what are we here today to talk about? Today we are here to talk about um, uh, uh, the hero's journey uh, in general and as it pertains to the Matrix. Well, pray tell, uh, pray tell hope for for the uninitiated. Oh, God. What be this hero's journey? (laughs) What, Uh, What be the hero's journey? Yes. Uh, all right. What and this is, is your quest? <laughs> <laughs> what, 
Well, my quest is either 17 or 12 easy steps to break down almost every single quote unquote hero's journey or the mono myth. Uh, I'm well, going to start reading that. <laughs> mono myth. We're polymyth around these parts. Um, monomyth. Do, 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 do. The monomyth. Do, 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 do. Oh, Christ. Uh, I'm going to read off Wikipedia for this. Uh, always a reliable source for information. Oh, yeah. uh, in narratology and comparative mythology, the hero's journey, or monomyth, is the common template of stories that involve a hero who goes on an adventure, is victorious in a decisive crisis, and comes home changed or transformed. Now, right there, that paragraph, that's a pretty good breakdown of the hero's journey, just in that little tiny also, paragraph. Just, it's interesting how trans the hero's journey is, even when you sum it up that briefly of like, yeah, uh, you know, comes home like yeah, changed in some way, right? Yeah, transformed, we, let's say. Totally cheating with the fact that transformed is literally right there in the goddamned paragraph. But yes, um, uh, 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 yeah, boy, it's... what day is it today, sir? <laughs> Why it's trans day of visibility, sir? <laughs> that's mab I... to you boy <laughs> <laughs> ah fuck oh god damn uh I, i'm also would have saved scrooge huh you i guess it was either estradiol or three spirits huh uh yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. how you do it um but of course, I am, of course, uh, more or less obsessed with the hero's journey because I am uh, obsessed with story structure in no th small part thanks to my uh, decades long fascination and obsession with The Matrix, which we established in several episodes how the first movie is a perfect retelling or, or use of the hero's journey in filmmaking. And then the second two movies just throw it all out the window and say yes. fuck your fuck your story structure uh we're gonna break that fourth wall and and yeah. and and uh remake our stories in our own myth and uh nobody really liked those so exciting yeah, it's, it's this weird kind of ouroboros chicken and egg situation where it's like is is the hero's journey monomyth thing something that People like like uh, what is it, Joseph Campbell, right? Kind of. Yes, he, he I will get into I will get into the different breakdowns of the hero's journey in a bit, it, but it primarily it comes from Joseph Campbell's "Hero with a Thousand Faces," published in 1949. All right, you go. And it's like, is it a pattern that people like that recognized in stories? Yes. Or is it something? And then, but then that in turn is like influencing screenwriters now, where it's like, oh, I mean, oh, I, I see I, what you're saying. Yes, it's. At this point, like, since the publication of his book in 49, it's definitely become, like, a self-fulfilling prophecy sort of thing. Like, yeah, I mean, um, the... there's been many versions, there's been a bunch of books out, uh, just like The Hero's Journey as far as screenwriting goes. Um, right. I mean, shit, when I was uh, a dungeon master, my whole deal was, okay, I need to make these people feel like heroes i'm just going to take the easy path and use the hero's journey yeah. and i say that it was the easy path when i'm juggling six player characters and about yeah, 40 I mean, a, billion a, a, npcs a, a, at once so a TTRPG campaign is, is such a different beast than a movie because 
a TTRPG is like yeah. a living, breathing thing that could change yeah. radically at any moment. Exactly, yeah, and it all depends on, like, the dice or what my idiot player is going to say next <laughs> yes. or what idiot say- exactly. thing is going to come out of my mouth. Yeah. And can I work H.R. Giger into this podcast, uh, into this uh, uh, dungeon oh, I game? I sure hope so. Again, <laughs> uh, hi, can you clear out my dungeons? Um, but, uh, uh, uh but my point to that matter I is dream I dream about these trans women uh, <laughs> and I thought what if there was like an alien and got you pregnant in your throat and then and uh, it stuck its phallus down your throat and impregnated an embryo sac and I'm like I'm listening sir <laughs> yeah yeah what that's not three of my kinks um, we do but a the- special episode <laughs> on alien I I am so, look, I'm totally down to do special episodes on any random goddamn movie as it pertains to the trans experience, or not. I don't give a shit um, with you any day of the week. Um, It it just feels like it's in that similar family of, like, anti-capitalist. Oh, my God. Trans messaging, if you look for it. You know what? I find myself presented with a perfect opportunity. I've been wanting to do a deep dive into Ridley Scott's filmography for a little while because I understand the uh. dude is very anti-capitalist. Um, and uh, Alien is right up there with it. So Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise, whole bunch of horse shit. So I, I find myself with a perfect opportunity to yeah, delve think, deep into that. I think Alien uh, should have ended with Ripley and the Xenomorph driving off a cliff together. <laughs> What a movie that would have been, huh? Um, um, first, yeah, they'd have well, to find a cliff in space. Yeah, that's true. In in space, there's no gravity to fall you off the cliff. Um, and they wouldn't. They no one would hear them scream anyway. Well, clearly. Um, but circling <laughs> back to the hero's journey. Yes, I, I know. So I know George Lucas tends to uh, change the narrative of how he. Uh, developed Star Wars all the time but it seems fairly consistent that at some point he picked up Hero with a Thousand Faces Absolutely, absolutely So, something I do want to lay down ahead of time before we start really getting in in depth with this, because just by invoking the name of George Lucas, you've like unlocked another one of my 11 billion special interests as it (laughs) pertains to storytelling, and namely how I want to beat George Lucas with a shovel. Um, But I I, I want to establish... that's just the sign of like a... uh like a hearty like upbringing like most people want well, to do that yeah yeah well at this point For i mostly want to like, another george hasn't done anything recently that's pissed me off so these days i mostly want to egg dave filoni's house but that's a different mm-hmm. thing um i i just want to say like the hero's journey it's very tropey like it's more to do with story structure rather than like individual actions that can happen in works of media uh like yeah. the reference on tvtropes.org all the the best place on the internet to waste time um all the time True. so this is really just like a great big uh, uh um uh uh zoom out of all of these tropes as it pertains to storytelling it's not necessarily good or bad many of the movies that follow the hero's journey i quite love the matrix being one of them star wars being another one of them they're not 
it, it's when you rely on these things as a crutch with your writing uh, and, and stuff like that. That's when it starts to really bother me. Like um, so much it's, of it's when you when you take it as gospel or an objective, like yeah, exactly. Good, good stories are that. I think it's more like if these are all if you take each kind of aspect of the journey and trope and whatnot, you take all these as if they are building blocks or physical pieces then what the hero's journey monomyth is is essentially saying like most houses are built like this. Like, right. Exactly. You don't have exactly. To build your house like this. I mean, most all you got to do really have this. Yeah. <laughs> all you really have to do is look at uh, the filmography of Hayao Miyazaki and like my neighbor Totoro ruins me every single time I watch it, but that does not follow like a hero's yeah. journey. As far as I can tell, anyway, there's no yeah. grand villain. There's no final boss. It's a gentle, gentle movie. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a very... I think another, another important thing about it, it's good that you bring that up, is that it's an aggressively Western concept, right? Oh, I mean, for the most part, yes. Um, I, I, I'm going to show my ass a little bit. I really don't have that much experience with uh quote unquote non-western media anime yeah, is I never mean, I, really I my strong suit the, I, I do hesitate to use the phrase western because i feel like it's, it's kind of a yeah. dog whistle but <laughs> right and that's also a western invention <laughs> speaking of ouroboroses um but, but it's that's... very like it's it's got this like kind of rugged individualism there's this this is the hero and this is their right, exactly. As one it, it really doesn't have anything to do with communities or anything like that. No, which the um, Matrix very much does, especially the the sequels. Oh, especially in the sequels. And again, that's why I love the Matrix, like above all things. Like I mentioned in our first episode covering the Matrix, the first movie, it's perfect. Again, it's one of those perfect movies. No complaints. Ten out of ten. No notes. But it's like, just like, another like, hero's like, journey. And more, please, yeah. Right, exactly. Like it, it's just another hero's journey. Like part of why I like The Empire Strikes Back is that it completely throws the heroes off in different directions, and you have no idea what's going to happen next. And it turns like yeah. partially into a chase movie. This, that, and the other thing. The main I mean, reason you could, I'm obsessed you could argue with that the... the Empire Strikes Back if you zoom out, is just the middle part of the circle if you take the three movies as one, but even still. I mean, exactly, yes. Like, I've got my own issues with Return of the Jedi, which we can get into way later. Um, but again, part of the reason why I love The Matrix, and especially the sequels, despite all of their flaws, which we have addressed, um, they are questioning... Right, exactly. They are questioning the the concept of the story structure in English language uh, uh, big budget franchise yeah, I think movies that's, that's a in way general yeah and how i put it but it's, i, also I mean that, either that way. works on a meta level because it's all about questioning you know the story itself is about questioning the prophecy that was laid out for neo in the first right film. i'm the whole concept of the matrix is that it is a system of control and that system of control can be a computer program literally imprisoning your mind it can be the gender binary it can be capitalism or it can it be can a be... circle that is telling you all stories are this right exactly it can be, it can be dan Harmon drawing a circle on a whiteboard and saying all <laughs> stories are this <laughs> um i think it's i my take on the hero's journey circle and tropes in general, but mainly the, the hero's journey circle. Cause you know, I'm not, not to call anybody out here, 
It's more okay. this I did in college. I was in a screenwriting class. Um, okay. And it was, you know, again, I, I won't get specific, but it was like <laughs> the hero's journey, I think, was used and it tends to be used as the template rather than something to fall back on if you're stuck. I think that's what it should be. I think it should be if you don't feel like the story's working, you can refer to it and say, like, okay, well, the kind of natural ebb and flow of most stories which would push me in this direction rather than, oh, well, um, where's your where's your this part? Where's your that part? Where's your Right. Like, exactly. Like you can't, exactly. Like, if the story's working and it happens to not be that, let it exist don't don't push right, it into exactly that but if it's not working then the circle can be a great um great it's resource. yeah exactly it is a tool in the toolbox you can use it you don't have to yeah um i i think a good example as far as filmmaking goes is uh my love-hate relationship with james cameron um how familiar are you with the uh the films of james cameron uh i just to get, name a few, aliens. it's uh, Aliens, right? Terminator 1, Terminator 2, uh, True Lies, Titanic, and then the two Avatars. Yeah, and okay. I think it's literally like, just Aliens that I've seen. Yeah, so I mean, Aliens is, a, it's, I mean, you'd have to zoom out to both Alien and Aliens, but you could argue that Ripley is going on a hero's journey. Um, especially because she's so fucking kick-ass and transformed by the end of the second movie. Um, you could also say Don't the same thing. Don't worry about what happens after. <laughs> hey, look, we're finally getting Aliens released on 4K in a few months, and you'd better believe okay. I'm throwing a fucking party for that motherfucker. I'll show That's, up for that. Yeah, I am so fucking... Well, you gotta come over back anyway just to watch Resurrections. Um, you're right, you're right. I'm honestly very tempted to just watch it again tonight. Because uh, mm. that's the way my day has been going. Uh, <laughs> which is either really good or really not good right exactly uh, it's a bit of both I got a lot of good reading done um, okay. I had a really good shoulder workout but um, nice. but then you get to like Titanic obviously that's really not a hero's journey that's its own whole thing but then you look at Avatar and it is again another one of those like weird perfect hero's journey sort of tales and my main problem with Avatar is that it is so frustratingly generic beyond its special effects. It really doesn't have anything new to give you besides, hey, that thing that Gollum was doing in 2002, we put even more money into it and painted everybody blue. And yeah, and it's, it's, it's bringing nothing new to the table. Uh, which really frustrates me on a fundamental level um, because I think James Cameron specifically made another word perfect hero's journey because he knew that it's the best way to get like people to identify with a lead character, get on their side right away, and then make a rip-roaring, thrilling sci-fi adventure. It's, yeah, uh, it's also... It feels very standing point. on the backs of giants to me. You bring up an interesting point about Titanic because I think the hero's journey monomyth thing also doesn't afford much room for tragedy in story. 
Yes. I mean, there's like... cautionary tales where where people's lives get worse, and that is the point. And I realize that they're using (laughs) very vague terms of like, oh, they're transformed. It doesn't have to be positive, but it is like, well, they go from a quote-unquote normal world into a quote-unquote special world, and then they return to the normal world transformed. And it's like... right. I mean, you could say that about every Henry Selleck movie. That's true. But it's like, you can make these terms as vague as possible, but they're still not going to be as universal as you want them to be. Exactly. And we we can certainly get into it, but in my readings for just more in terms of the hero's journey, I came upon a uh, sub uh, uh, listing on Wikipedia for the heroine's journey, which we can get into as well um but that is a that is unfortunately a fairly separate thing with its own steps because especially in in our modern culture so much of it is geared around generic looking white dudes named chris uh yeah so but yeah go on a heroin journey if you want i mean you can i hear it snowing in the bathroom um Well, that's cocaine. I'm a yeah. stoner. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I don't know my my hard drugs. So okay, this is actually something that I know nothing about. So tell me about the the heroine's journey. journey. Yeah. Okay. So uh, again, from Wikipedia, uh, 1990, Maureen Murdoch, a Jungian psychotherapist and student of Joseph Campbell, name drop, published a self help book called The Heroine's Journey: A Woman's Quest for wholeness in response to... So it's like a sequel spin-off response to the hero's journey, which is fascinating. Uh, and Carl, Carl Jung, right? The Carl Jung. Psychoanalysts. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really up on my psychoanalysts uh, outside of uh, what I know from Bill and Ted. Well, but he had the... Um, the 12, like, archetypes of... Uh, of sort of characters or... oh fuck nice okay i'm gonna open so that it does in a... tie in to uh... okay well we can we can we're i feel like archetypes are going to be another thing that we do later as well so uh we can i will cheerfully certainly get into those um but yeah, as I far mean, as, as just the general like that like young and campbell both kind of uh getting these commonalities out of uh out of mythology and things like that yeah um, but as far as the heroine's journey, it, it, it is entirely focused around the concept of being a woman. Uh, let's see. Like the hero's journey, these stages are able to be removed and switched around as necessary. It begins with the breaking away of feminine ideals and turning towards patriarchal values. Then comes the experience of spiritual death and turning inward to reclaim the power and spirit of the sacred feminine. The ending stages consist of union of both the masculine and feminine values. So you could also say that's kind of a well, trans I'm sure experience. This person would have had like really normal opinions <laughs> on trans women. I'm totally sure. Uh, again, I'm, sure this I'm reading. Person really, really would have loved uh, Paul Atreides getting that power that only the women in their society oh, have. Christ alive! Christ alive! Um, I fucking can't with Dune right now. I'm stuck in the middle of fucking. Ch- I fucking. You're like, you're I like, told Dune, Dune and I are not speaking right now. No, we are. We are not. I got a third of the. Not even. I got fifteen percent into Chapter House Dune, and like it turned into a fucking Mel Brooks sketch, 
and I'm just so fucking, I can't deal with it right now. So I went back to reading my lesbians kissing fan fiction. God damn it. I want like a, like a Dune producers, like a musical Dune. I, I mean, I'm sure we can hash something out. Um, but, uh, we don't necessarily need to get into the, the in-depth of the heroine's journey right now. Um, because it really doesn't have too, too much to do with uh, uh, classical storytelling structure, as far as I can tell. I guess, though, you yeah, could... Yeah, it's... Yeah, you could make an argument, like, just reading through these, like, like Mulan follows the heroine's journey. Um, sure, it's also... Again, it's... free. It's so vague where it's like, Oh, you can. It's it's like these things remind me of horoscopes in a way, where it's like that's so vague it can apply to anything. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it is unfortunately for our purposes a much more focused version of the hero's journey. I'm not yeah. trying to be like uh, 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 break it down into a binary here, but like that is just a more specific version of this larger umbrella storytelling structure, as far as it yeah. pertains to the matrix um and yeah. god <laughs> and it's it's like i'm reading this article and i'm like you know i know this is a loaded question but oh no what is a woman <laughs> oh, jesus but yeah uh i'm not sure if you want me to answer that sincerely but uh it's what just <laughs> what are frogs um we're all technically fish. Um, it's true. We'll all become <laughs> crabs. It, crabs and trains. That's the universal arc of all evolution. Crabs yeah. and trains. Inevitability. So, so as far as like practicality uh, uh, of going through the hero's journey, I've got two main sources here. Uh, the one is obviously Wikipedia that can break it down into two subsections, uh, being uh, Joseph Campbell's classical 17 step structure and uh christopher vogler's a screenwriter's breakdown that he ma made and published in 2007 which is your more traditional classical 12 step program uh-huh uh first step hi, is admitting that you have a story yeah hi hi everybody my name's hope and 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 i have I a story hope. to tell <laughs> And uh, the second source is going to be a uh, uh, an infographic that I'm sure we've all seen at some point and been floating around on the internet since it looks like 2016. Uh, and I'll be posting a link to it uh, off of WordPress in the show notes. But it is, I'm sure you've seen this floating around. I sent you a link to it, Ella. It is the hero's journey in six popular movies, a big yes. rainbow colored flowing infographic that goes through the 12 steps as put forth by like Vogler, snake. like a big gay snake. Uh, and the movies that it's covering the, on there is the lisp because you're a snake or no, it's because <laughs> I'm gay. Yes. Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, ah, a little bit of both. Now, it's cheating a little and says six popular movies. And the first movie it lists is The Lord of the Rings, which is three fucking movies. But never mind. And also uh, lists Harry Potter, which I've never Well, heard. I wasn't going to mention that horse shit. I've never, 
I've never heard of that. But the five that we are going to be talking about are The Lord of the Rings, The Lion King, Spider-Man, The Matrix, uh, and Star Wars. Uh, I've heard of most of those things. Yeah! Uh, pretty good, pretty good. You get a little bit of everything in there. You get your fantasy, you get your animated, you get your superheroes. You get Hamlet. Uh, you get Hamlet, you get your Star War. Um, um, you know, it's... It, 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 to go back to my what is a woman bit, it does kind of bring up the idea of, like, can you... Uh, it's, it's like the, the old the rhetorical device of, like, can you uh, define chair in a way that includes everything that is a chair and excludes everything that is not a chair? Um, which you cannot really, and so to to try to f- make a one size fits all story thing without like a billion disclaimers, yeah, kind of wild to me. Of like, yeah, okay, exactly. well, it's a, it's a it's something you sit on with four legs, and then you it brings in a horse. Behold, a chair, <laughs> featherless, a featherless biped. biped. That presents a Godzilla. Behold, a man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. it's like behold a a story is like yeah. Know. And 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 these I've got umbrage with some of the uh, examples that it lists here in the flow chart. Uh, and yeah, Star I, Wars is its own this. special thing that just makes me angry and delighted <laughs> well, at the same time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, no, we're going to be going through the. Should... We should get into it so we can yes we can build it up so we can break it down. I mean, I think that's what the exactly, Matrix exactly, itself exactly. does as a as a trilogy. So, so, so why don't we first... here? You, let's pick. Okay. You you pick one to read, and I'll pick one to read, and so on and so well, forth. Well, let's. Uh, uh, are you looking at the Campbell list or the uh, Vogler list? Uh, because I would like to just read down real quick the Campbellian list, and then we can break it down. Uh, properly with the 12-step easier-to-read program, because there's some words in this list that I just don't want to let go of. Oh, sure. Well, why don't you send uh, me what you're looking at? And okay. We'll it's literally the Wikipedia entry for The Hero's Journey. There oh. is a there is a drop-down menu, at least in the mobile version, that says More Information. Uh, it's under Summary. Sure. Yeah, I, I thought we were getting into the the rainbow snake thing. I guess we'll do ah, that. Ah, oh, we we can get into that in a in a in a hot minute because that follows the easier to understand and more universally Got applicable it. twelve so steps. Campbell's Campbell's seventeen stages, right? Campbell's seventeen stages, which are further broken down into three separate acts: the departure, the initiation, and the return. Right. Uh, all right. And again, Joseph Campbell, written in 1949, The Hero of a Thousand Faces. I have tried to read this fucking book so many times, and the dude just writes like a fucking technical novel. I literally read blueprints every goddamn day, and this dude, I just cannot sit through. It's so fucking boring, which is yeah. why I'm referencing Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go uh, uh, every other? Sure. Why don't you, why don't you start us off? All right, step one, the call to adventure. Oh, we're just just that. Okay, got it. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm just reading off the list. <laughs> step two, refusal of the call. Step three, supernatural aid. Step four, the crossing of the first threshold. Step five, the belly of the whale. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, now we're in the initiation section. Yes, step stage two. Yes, step six being the road of trials. Step seven, the meeting with the goddess. Oh, hubba hubba. (laughs) And speaking of. Step seven, woman as the temptress. Oh, boy. Wait, you've got step seven. I've got that as step eight. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, nope, you're right. Nope, okay. Uh, great. I'm... <laughs> the hallucinations haven't started yet. Number these? Okay. Atonement with the Father. Uh, now we've got apotheosis. Yes. Or, or uh, an epiphany of sort. Yeah, great, great $10 SAT word. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'd, so I'd call that a $50 word, even. Uh, the ultimate boon, step 11. It's a boon and it's ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the final phase, uh, the return, the refusal of the return. Yes. This, this bitch just refuses everything. Hey, go Coward. on an adventure. No. Hey, come back home from the adventure. No. Look, we've all not wanted to get into the shower and then not wanted to get out of the shower. We've all had days. You're like right. That. That's pretty much it. Uh, and it would be a lot easier to get in or out of the shower if we had step 13, the magic flight. Oh, yeah. And then we could have the rescue from without. Uh, Which follows uh, up with the crossing of the return threshold. Okay, yeah, I can see how this is getting excessive. Yeah. Master of the two worlds. And then finally, step 17, freedom to live. it's a lot of ending phases. Yeah, really I, I really appreciate the specificity of his breakdown, but again, it kind of does defeat the purpose. It's very ballsy to just be like, this is everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 more like a, a, the blank check boys call it like shoe leather, where you're showing the main character walking into the hotel, checking into his yeah, room, yeah. getting into the room, putting the well, suitcase it's like, it's down. Before, it's like in older movies i think before they really had like editing and cutting down it was like well we can't cut from them from an exterior shot of the building to the characters already in the building the audience will get so confused how did they get in there (laughs) right the train is coming at us oh my god yeah yeah these poor people so scared i i do appreciate his initial breakdown of 17 steps in terms of just like uh, uh, these are tropes that are commonly associated with these points of the thing. Yeah. It's it's the difference between preferring a three-act structure and a five-act structure. It, yeah. It's just different ways of breaking down the same basic thing. Um, yeah. Um, I'd also be remiss to uh, not point this out, but... Uh-oh. um So... Okay. Uh... Oh jeez. Uh-oh. Um Campbell uh it's been noted that Campbell called Judaism uh the Yahweh cult and then oh, he spoke of Judaism in almost exclusively negative terms. God damn it, Joe. Come on. All right. Uh, All right. Um uh, uh um what's that? It's not it's it's uh um it's not endorsement. We're not endorsing this dude's views. No, I mean we're we're already kind of picking apart his ideas, let alone yeah. him as a person. I mean, we're basically abandoning his initial writings almost immediately because I prefer the Vogler breakdown. Well, That's not even get, saying like, oh Christ, does Christopher Vogler hasn't? 
Uh, does Christopher Vogler have any horrifying statements? If he does, Probably. I am it's not right. aware of any of his personality things beyond his presentation of the hero's journey. So I'm going to stick to that. And where would uh, I find that? Uh, the, oh shit. The, uh, the hero's journey chart. Oh, the chart that you sent me. Yes, I sent you the link to the chart. I can send it to you again if you need it. Oh, the, the gay snake. The gay snake. This is pretty much what we're going to be referencing to as far as, like, just, like, reading off a list for the rest of this episode. Because it breaks yeah. it down so wonderfully. Um, all credit to, uh, fuck, what is this? Uh, Vonage WordPress. Venage. Vengage. Vengage. I got there eventually. We did. Um, we did it. Uh, but we start out with step one in the ordinary world. And as far as the Matrix goes, that is listed as Thomas Anderson lives a double life as a regular citizen and as Neo, a hacker. Ooh. See, and even already it's getting into more complicated territory because it is a seemingly ordinary world, but it's not the real world it's arguably the more fantastical of the two worlds from the character's <laughs> perspective from the audience's perspective it's an ordinary world but once uh, we have the context that the matrix is all a fakey fake <laughs> that is the weirder world I, I i believe they're referencing the use of the word ordinary is in that this is the only life thomas anderson this is the has status known. quo yes this is the, the, the status, status quo. quo that's a great way of putting it the status quo i think ordinary um, is almost too subjective of a word i think status quo is maybe better to call it yeah yeah i really like that it's uh it's it's luke skywalker on Tatooine looking out at the twin sunsets i'll never get out of this podunk town and it's um, uh Poor Peter Parker was pitiful <laughs> in the band, any shire. And Simba being heir to the throne in the Pride Lands. And uh, his text here also says, oh, Frodo lives comfortably in the Shire and visits Bilbo. Already we're having problems. He doesn't visit Bilbo. He lives with that motherfucker. God damn it. Um, <laughs> then we got the call to adventure. The call to adventure, step two. Uh, okay, so the fact that the order of the... I can appreciate the rainbow of it all, but the fact that the order, the list order of these stories is constantly shifting. Yeah, yeah, you gotta go like, back and forth. The Lord of the Rings was on the bottom, and now it's on the top. Yeah, it's, uh, thank God it's color-coded, and that the Matrix and is And I'm colorblind! Oh, no! Oh, no, I'm so sorry! No, I'm no, so okay. sorry! I'm <laughs> so these are, these are easy. These are easy. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I'm so sorry that that. Fuck. I was all excited to. No, bust no, out no. The you're fine. I was kidding. I was kidding. These, okay. are, these are easy okay. for me. To okay. Fair enough. Um. um yeah, we get Jesus. Neo receives cryptic messages referencing the Matrix. I mean, it is pretty, pretty as literal as a call to adventure as you get. I mean, he receives the what the 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 Motorola phone, right? Or the. I mean, that's part of my problem with uh uh. uh uh, this breakdown as far as the matrix goes is that uh, um, they apply some different settings to like other steps, like the refusal of the call, uh, a couple of other later ones. Um, the call to adventure, I think is literally him getting the phone call on in, you know, in that FedEx delivery. I'm peeking ahead here. 
the refusal of the call, that is not the refusal of the call. The right. refusal of the call is Morpheus telling Neo to jump out the window and Neo saying, fuck no. Look, I'm not going to lie. If any, as charismatic as Morpheus is, if he told me to jump out a window, I, my fear of heights is so overwhelming. I would, right, I, but, would, I mean, yeah. kid did it. Yeah. <sighs> I I, I, mean, I wish he'd do it again <laughs> in the real world. Uh, son of a bitch. Hey, kid, um, kid, you're actually in a second matrix, a bigger matrix. You have to jump out the window again in this you know, that's world. How, that so many people Neo were utterly convinced. Kid. So many people were utterly convinced that Revolutions was going to be a matrix in a matrix. And my God, that would have been so fucking boring. Um, <laughs> like that Rick and Morty episode. It would, I, I don't think I've seen that episode, but it's, yeah, uh, like, I mean, they're riffing more on like Shyamalan twists than the Matrix. But it, it's uh, basically that Rick is Rick and Morty uh, are trapped in a simulation until it's revealed that it was only Rick and he was in a larger simulation within a simulation. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, um, that's rough. Uh, but yeah, it would have just yeah, been like a Nesting Doll thing. In Revolutions, that would have been really yeah. silly. Especially with the whole idea was that they were trying to break through these storytelling tropes. And speaking of the call to adventure, I really have to tell you, and for the sake of the pod, I mean, uh, I was at uh, this flea market recently, and I picked up uh, what, what to my wandering eyes should appear, but both The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions on DVD. Oh, hell the yeah! Two, the only two that I'm missing, because I picked up the first Matrix, uh, you know, secondhand on DVD, and then found uh, the Animatrix I got when uh, some, some acquaintances were moving out of their place and, and giving a bunch of shit out, uh, and then... And then you graciously gave me the the steel book of the of of resurrections because you had like the box set, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, it's it's uh, uh it, it sounds a bit cheap, but yes, I had a spare copy of the resurrections on uh, uh 4K and Blu-ray uh, steel book uh, because I bought the great big giant obscenely huge box set, yes. which is it's going to make a quick, it's going to join us real fast on the podcast. There it is. Um, oh, <laughs> nice. it's so and, but, satisfying. Um, the reason I bring it up is because I crack open the case for Matrix Reloaded, and just what pops right out is the an insert ad for the Samsung phone that they use in the movie. Oh, the Samsung phone! The Samsung fucking phone is my favorite piece of film mer- merchandise ever. I've got to save. Just, I've got to search like permanently going on eBay for this for this fucker. And then um, there's an, there's another insert ad for um, Revolutions because it wasn't out yet. Right. And it's such a. I feel like I cracked open a time capsule. I feel so special. I I do love cracking open old movies like that. Um, old it's movies. Like, insert the CD ROM, you know, this DVD in your computer to access the CD ROM. Uh, <laughs> bonus game or something like yeah no like like legit the soundtrack the cd soundtrack for the matrix revolutions you could put in your computer and it had the trailer for revolutions uh in in delightful iplayer like 240p resolution and also this kind of baller arcade game that was like a top-down um uh uh, um uh a bullet hell 
ship game where you were piloting either the Nebuchadnezzar or the Logos, and you had to yeah. get back to Zion. And it was the coolest thing. That's amazing. Um, I wonder if, if we can ever access that. We should definitely talk I'm, about I'm, it. I'm sure I can at the very least find my CD of the soundtrack, and we can do like a shared screen thing, and you can see yeah. me get brutally murdered in a video <laughs> game over and um, over again. Anyhow, that's yes. that's the real call to adventure was seeing that ad in the in the DVD. <laughs> but yeah, um, the other ones for the call to adventure, I mean, they definitely got it right. Uh, with R two D two gives Luke a message from Princess Leia asking Obi Wan Kenobi to help her. Oh, for nailed it! He yeah. is her only hope. <laughs> um, also, where I stole my name from? Hell yeah! Ah, uh, what's this they've brought us? hope <laughs> it's um, every time every time they say every time leia says hope i lean over to bex and say they're talking about me <laughs> it's a it's a great bit i'm sure they don't hate it then we've got uh why don't you read the rest here oh shit i'm trying to take a sneaky drink of water so i can keep right, talking well, here I'll, I'll get this one. Oh no uh, okay a genetically engineered spider bites Peter, and he wakes up with... Wow, this is a very weirdly phrased sentence. A genetically engineered spider bites Peter and wakes up with powers, which makes it sound like the spider wakes up with powers. Right, right, Although, right. Well, isn't that, a, isn't that a variant? I think there's, like, man spider, where he was bitten by, ah, it is, by a man, it? Yeah. and he, he wakes up with all the powers of a man. I, I think, canonically, Peter Porker was a spider that got bitten by a radioactive bitten by a pig. pig. yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, Scar kills Mufasa and tells Simba to leave the Pride Lands. Kind of a rude call to adventure. That's a, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that one either, necessarily. I would argue, I would argue the call to adventure is just the fact that he is going to be king. And then the refusal of the call is his abandonment of the... Yeah, the the refusal of the call is like the entire goddamn Hakuna Matata sequence, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. Huh. Well, we can get into that in a I bit. I don't know. Uh, That's, yeah. But that one, I mean, again, it's like, it's based on a story that was written before this was a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if Shakespeare fits as neatly into the into the structure. Hmm. We can talk to Max about uh, Beowulf as far as it uh, uh, pertains well, to the hero's journey. I guess just because it's old doesn't mean it doesn't fit. But. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, the Lion, the, the Lion King, researching, the, so. the Lion King might not even be the best example of the hero's journey in an animated Disney film from the nineties. Oh I mean, no way. there's no way. I mentioned no Mulan way. earlier. That kind of nails it. I think Aladdin fits way better. I think Aladdin um, works. Beauty and the Beast fits way better. Yeah. No, okay, I, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Um, but then the other one is that Gandalf tells Frodo that he must destroy the One Ring. Yeah, pretty much. Which, yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, which refusal. butts right up into the refusal of the call. Yeah. This is this is actually one of the most commonly like skipped steps in stories. I think. Yeah, skipped or just very brief, which it makes sense for movies because you gotta <laughs> you don't really want to watch the hero not do stuff for too long. Yeah, exactly. But it I does mean, make it a stronger story if they aren't just immediately jumping at whatever they want to do. It it it, it enhances the stakes if it's something that they uh, are trepidatious about. 
Yeah, like, I mean, Star Wars is a pretty classic example because, again, Star Wars is a very, very, very pared down uh, version of the hero's journey, which is why it's so commonly uh, referred yeah. to alongside Campbellian whatever. Um, but, like, Luke's refusal of the call lasts about 120 seconds. Yeah. Like, maximum. He's like, I can't. I can't go with you to Alderaan. I've got it. To... What's that smell? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go with you. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, Neo's is a little more clear-cut and, like, drawn out. Because yeah, I think he... I, I don't, I don't buy... I don't buy this one. This one says that the refusal is Neo talks to Trinity but isn't sure if it's a dream. Yeah, that's absolute nonsense. The refusal of the call is him literally dropping the call, saying fuck this, and going back inside. And willingly, you know, getting himself arrested. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, I mean, these <laughs> other ones are pretty pretty clear cut. It's uh, Peter Parker using his powers to win uh, wrestling matches rather than use them responsibly. <laughs> Which is a whole thing that's going to come Peter in. Peter using next his step. powers to fight, um, to fight a what is it, oh, Bone Saw McGraw or something? Yeah, but he's um, he's doing like uh, crap. <laughs> he's doing uh, Randy the Macho Man. He fights. Oh, okay, macho okay, man okay. Randy Savage. <laughs> I I know little to nothing about modern wrestling, let alone '90s wrestling. So. Mm. Fun story, I was dressed as the 10th Doctor several years ago at a Renaissance fair, but I still yeah. had a decent amount of, like, bleach blonde longer hair, and yeah. somebody came up to me and asked me if I was dressed as Ric Flair, and I had to Google <laughs> that, and then I realized, oh shit, I could have made... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he fights, uh, he fights Bonesaw portrayed by Macho Man Randy Savage. Ah, fair enough, okay. And Peter, and he says homophobic stuff to him. Uh, he does. He yeah. does. That's unfortunate. Nice outfit. Did your husband make it for you? Yeah. Actually, he did, Spider-Man. Maybe you should <laughs> think before you assume. Oh, uh, Christ. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, the others si are, yeah. Yeah, Simba, scared and alone, retreats into the desert. Frodo is reluctant to leave the life he knows. Uh, I mean... He deliberately, like, thinks he has an out at Rivendell, so I get it. Mm. I haven't um, had second yeah. breakfast yet. <laughs> I'm here to kick ass and eat second breakfast. And I'm all out of second breakfast. Yeah. Um, some of these steps can get a little fucked around with, because obviously yeah, I mean, we've already referenced Obi-Wan, but yeah. Yeah, there's an asterisk next to one of these next ones, the meeting with the mentor. It says that in Star Wars, uh, this step happens before the refusal of the call, which, because eh, technically, yeah, he meets up with Obi-Wan and they talk about the lightsaber and all that before Luke uh, receives, you know, refuses the call. But Right. Uh, he, he Obi-Wan affords him a little bit more of a glimpse into the world of uh, beyond his knowledge, yeah. really. Um, but then they say the same thing that with it's Uncle Ben talking to Peter, but he talks to Peter before he goes to the wrestling ring. Yes. Uh, which then, of course, uh, Uncle Ben obviously has to die uh, to motivate Peter to do anything. Oh, who are you, Miguel O'Hara? <laughs> he had it's to. A, it's a canon event. I said, like, 
what was it? Shit. The last time, like, uh, 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 I still haven't seen uh, No Way Home. Because as I say to Bex, if I have to watch another fucking Uncle Ben story, I'm going to drive yeah. to the actor's house and kill them myself. You know what it is, though? It is the 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 aggressive pushing of the monomyth is very Miguel O'Hara. It is very like, no, it has to happen in this way or it doesn't count. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, something that I truly appreciate about Across the Spider-Verse is that it takes everything that is subtext in... The Matrix Reloaded and makes it yes. text via comic book canonical events. Something True. that something that twenty years later everybody is so fucking well versed in. Yeah, thanks to, I mean, yeah, thanks to the right. popularity of these fucking Marvel. Matrix movies. Reloaded is about like, well, this person is fated to die, and the protagonist is like, no, no, I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Um, because I can it, do something about it. Uh, uh, it's it's about choice, and I mean it's kind of perfect. The meeting yeah. with the mentor listening for the Matrix is uh, uh, Morpheus tells Neo to take the red pill, chose truth or the blue pill, return to old life. Yeah. This is Morpheus giving him, I mean, plot technical bullshit aside, uh, uh, as far as like uh, uh, in universe reasons he has to take the red pill, but it's literally giving Neo an another yeah. chance then, to straight up refuse the call and then in the in the lion king timon and pumba sit down with simba and they say now simba if you eat the red pill bug you can see how deep the lion hole goes or you could take the blue pill bug and wake up back at pride rock like none of this ever happened fart joke um <laughs> We can Christ only the... show you the door, Simba. You have to be the one to go through it. <laughs> Holy Christ. Um, hey, Hakuna God, Matata, Neo. It's oh my, my philosophy, my motto. What's a motto? Nothing, Neo. What's a motto with you? You are. You continue to be alarmingly good at this, and I am put to shame. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Holy shit. Uh, so, I'm really upset Dune. that I have Dune at my beck and call and not the very popular film, The Lion King. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we have Gandalf introducing Frodo to the Fellowship of the Ring, and Smith is there. <laughs> Smith is there. Mr. Baggins. <laughs> Surprised to see me. Uh, God, I and love it. And we cross the first threshold, um, which is arguably the only threshold... <laughs> that matters um i mean there's no other threshold mentioned in this list yeah i mean that's a throwback to the cambellian right. structure of everything where there were 18 thresholds yeah there was a threshold in the threshold yeah exactly which is uh neo choosing the red pill and waking up from the matrix as a little baby in the pot right his his little his little smooth boy, uh, fresh faced, no eyebrows, uh, yes. baby face. Luke accompanying Obi Wan to Alderaan to deliver the plans for the Death Star to Leia's father. Uh, Nothing's gonna go the, wrong there. Well, I would argue the the real crossing of the threshold, the not in Kansas anymore moment, as George Lucas, I believe, put it, is entering the cantina because that's really where we see 
things n- not of this world, literally not of our world, but not of Tatooine either. Wow, that's actually a great point. I really like yeah. that, yeah. It really, that's the only sequence in the entire movie that has, like, aliens, besides fucking Chewbacca, who is present that's for, true. obviously, the rest of the movie. Other than um, the fact that they're technically all aliens, but yes, non-human. I mean, yes. It also includes the Wolfman and my good friend, Satan. Satan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad that, like, I think they cut, I think Satan is not in some versions. I think the special edition Fuck that. Do. Fuck or, that. Maybe it's not Satan. Maybe it's something else got, got removed that was, like, it just a Halloween costume. Me. It honestly um, wouldn't surprise me, yeah. but like I have, I refuse to watch any version besides the despecialized edition no, for yeah, the past not, like yeah. five years. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, <clears throat> so I can no longer claim any uh, familiarity with the non-despecialized editions. I'm afraid. Yeah. So Peter Parker stops Uncle Ben's killer and realizes he must use his powers to stop crime. Very noble. Very responsible. Ah, Christ. Let's see. Uh, Simba embraces the Hakuna Matata life, uh, lives and lives with Timon and Pumbaa. All right. I'm going to call bullshit on (laughs) their entire breakdown of the plot of the Lion King and my throat, which is abandoning me. Great. Yeah. Because holy shit. Again, I think the entire Hakuna Matata sequence is the refusal of the call, and The Lion King is one of the few successful movies that draws out this, the re- refusal of the call. Simba um, also has several mentors, one being his own father and another being Rafiki, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he does meet back up with Rafiki later on in the film. And you could argue that they just... Think, f- yeah. They, yeah. You could argue that they just flipped... Um, uh, uh, meeting with the mentor and uh, the next step beyond crossing the first threshold, which is tests allies and enemies, because they are his allies for the rest of the film. But yeah, and this one is pretty much a catch-all for like stuff happens. Yeah. Um, act two stuff happens. You know. <laughs> right. Is training right. Neo. It's uh, you know, going in the Millennium Falcon with Han and Chewie, and it's just. Peter doing Spider-Man stuff. It's just kind of like the various tasks and challenges and right, training exactly. that they all go through. We have crossed the first threshold. Now we can actually enter into this fantastical El- world. Elton and... John sings a song about lion sex. <laughs> just the the best fuck me bedroom eyes ever in an animated film. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... Uh, but the last uh, first threshold is the Fellowship set off to the journey to Mount Doom. That yes. goes well. Yeah, and I mean, because the test is uh, <coughs> is the Balrog. Oh, well, I mean, the fel- the Lord of the Rings is such a huge-ass fucking story that yeah. uh, uh, you could say that, like, I mean, each one of these steps is going to last a couple hundred pages. So, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, tests, allies, and enemies. As you said, act two shit happens. Now that we're in this bigger world, we have to meet new people who will explain this new world to us. Yeah. Um. So it's it's not just 
Morpheus and Trinity. It's like six other people yeah. who are all going to die, but that's irrelevant. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, that's also Neo training, etc., etc., etc. And then we get the approach to the innermost cave, uh, which in our case is the talking to the Oracle. Yes. Um, and, uh, so, oh God, you could break that down into like the bigger Campbellian, I, well, bigger, the more myopic Campbellian ideas of like the meeting with the goddess and all of that. Yeah, but that's, it becomes so, uh, metaphorical that it's, I think a cave or, or just some kind of inner like sanctum or some kind of. What it really is, is a setup for the next phase, which I think collectively these two phases make up the low point of the story. Uh, I think uh, yes and no. Uh, we can get to the next step in a moment. But I mean, as far as approach to the innermost cave, as far as the Matrix is concerned, this is the first time Neo has returned to the Matrix knowing what it is. Right, but I think it's a setup for, like, you have to do this really hard thing. And then the next step is, you have failed doing this really hard thing. <laughs> I mean, that's true. So, the next step is, uh, if, if you would like to, read us into that? Yes. Uh, I mean, we skipped over the others, but it's basically, the Death Star destroys Alderaan, now our heroes are trapped in the Death Star. Uh, the Green Goblin asks Spider-Man to join him, but Peter refuses. Uh, Nala asks Simba to return and face Scar, and Frodo uh, sees the ring's corruptive power and goes forward alone with Sam. Aw. Gay. Yay! Then we have the ordeal. Which ah, the ordeal. Is Neo's group being ambushed by agents in the Matrix because of fucking Cypher, and, and Morpheus getting captured. Fucking Cypher. Um, Goddamn you, Cypher. <laughs> the group uh, rescuing Princess Leia, but Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan in the process. Spoilers. Um, Norman figures out that Peter is Spider-Man at Thanksgiving and kidnaps Mary Jane. <laughs> Simba yeah. must choose to either save his kingdom or to keep living his new life. And Gollum leads Frodo away from Sam to... What? She lobs Leia? She lobs Leia. Uh, wow. Wow. Layer? That's spelling e error there. I don't know. For all I know, maybe it is a layer. Well, Shelob is a separate layer on Photoshop. Uh, yeah, yeah. Turns out you've been inking the wrong layer. Oh, no! You've been drawing on the wrong layers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, Christ. Of all the times I have a sore throat. that layer? Ah, uh, but Sam saved. Holy fucking shit. How do I just mail you a box of comedy points? How are you so... <laughs> I'll take Fucking it. incredible. Fucking incredible. Um, uh, but yes, again, I'm going to bitch about the Lion King's step in that, but whatever at this point, then, I and guess. And that we... typically closes our second act with this, like, oh, yes. shit. Everything's fucked. What are we going to do? Uh, and we have to summon all our courage for the next part, uh, the reward. Which, uh, in the Matrix's case... Is Guns. Is <laughs> I'm so glad you went to the same place I did with that. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Neo blames himself for Morpheus's capture and re-enters the Matrix to save him. Uh, which yeah. is guns, lots of guns. Uh, uh, 
Spider-Man just... goes back oh. to save Mary Jane and learns the Green Goblin's identity. Yeah, uh, Luke decides to join the Rebels to destroy the Death Star. Kick ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mufasa's ghost tells Simba he must return to the Pride Lands. Sure. And Frodo, corrupted by the ring's power, no longer wants to destroy it. Yeah. Shitty reward, but there you go. No, I mean, I believe it. I, I think I buy the Lion King one in this case. I think it's a point in the story where, um, you know, you bear, you're licking your wounds, but then you have to go back into whatever thing you just kind of narrowly escaped from, whether it's the Death Star or the Matrix or what have you. Um, because, you know, you, you got to... You got to get back up once you when you get knocked down. <laughs> uh, thanks, tub thumping. Um, oh yeah, take yes. a whiskey drink, take a vodka drink. <laughs> uh, he sings the songs that remind him of the good times. Sing a song that remind him of the better times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was angrily working out to White Rabbit this morning. If that counts well, for anything. Good. Yeah. Then we get the road back. The road uh, before, back. Before Neo can leave the Matrix again, Agent Smith kills him. Oh, no. Oh, shit. That's a shitty road back. Fuck. Oh, yeah. no. Well, I suppose that also encompasses the sequence of uh, shooting all those cops. Uh, would that be the reward? Because not necessarily because he gets to shoot That is cops. pretty rewarding. It is pretty rewarding. But it's more the fact that he is coming into his power. Like the not just the yes. lobby sequence, but also the rooftop. He not only starts moving like in bullet time intentionally, but then he also gets to dodge bullets. But it is also the road back, literally the road back to where he started being the Matrix. I mean, that's true. Yeah, I guess it's um, kind of all this. It's it, this one's a very uh, it melds together. Yeah, it kind of blends the ordeal, which we can we can certainly call guns lots of guns an ordeal. Um, but it's not, or at though, least part of the ordeal. I would argue not because they are they win very handily. That makes sense. Okay, no, you know what? I see what you're saying. Traveling, they're in the they're stuck in the wall and in the wall space. Cipher, okay, that makes a yeah, lot of sense. Like for sabotages, their their lowest their point. To them. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I see what you're like, saying. All right, we're we're going back. We're refueling. We're regrouping, and then we're going to come back stronger. In other words, Th they have intentionality versus the Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um, um whoop. yes <laughs> this the road back has uh at norman's funeral harry peter's best friend swears to avenge his father's death oh, and i heard harry said he wants spider-man dead ah but his <laughs> buddy pete he can trust oh christ yeah that definitely won't get dragged out for two more movies Ugh. god i oh, hated the first spider-man movie cry. i hated the first spider-man movie so fucking bad it's honestly, my hot take is that I like Spider-Man 3 more than the first Spider-Man Really? Fascinating. Yeah. I don't I think, think it's I've more ever... fun to watch. <laughs> I think the first Spider-Man takes a long time to get to the Spider-Man stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I personally loved Spider-Man 2 because... No, that's the best one. I mean, yeah. Oh, but uh, mostly because it's got J. Jonah Jameson a lot, and I love mm. that guy. Um, 
Uh, Simba but, uh, returns to the Pride Lands and faces Scar. Luke refuses Han Solo's offer to leave, choosing to help overcome the Galactic Empire. I mean, fair. Uh, oh, and then we get to... Gollum bites off Frodo's ring finger and jumps <laughs> after it to his death. Jesus Christ! Um, oh, wait, not... so they're... Oh, they're doing all three movies in this. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. They've They've zoomed out to make it purely about Frodo, which... I don't think that applies, the hero's journey applies to Frodo because he kind of loses any agency because of the corruption of the ring. I think if the hero's journey applies to anybody in those movies, it's fucking Sam um, yeah. because he maintains his energy and uh, his, his energy, his agency and makes an active choice to go through all of these things Man. the entire time. Um, we have the resurrection. No, not the Matrix Resurrections. Or alien resurrections. But a, in this case, a very literal resurrection where Trinity mm -hmm. tells Neo that uh, she loves him. Ergo, he must be the one because of what the Oracle said. Then Neo uh, gets the Sleeping Beauty kiss and kills Agent Smith by going <laughs> inside him and he explodes and whatnot. Always, always such a, uh, a, a wonderful moment to be watching when you're, like me, stoned out of your mind. Uh, I do like that all of these moments are very character-driven. Like, Luke remembering... Luke doesn't remember Obi-Wan's advice. Obi-Wan's fucking ghost talks to him <laughs> while, he's the, while he's flying the X-Wing. I, I feel like so much of this infographic is just arguing semantics. But yes, yes. Well, yeah. it's all... But, it's it's Joseph... K it's all semantics. It's English class. That's all it is. <laughs> Excellent point. The curtains were fucking blue. Um yeah. But uh, either way, Luke does make the active choice to put away the targeting computer and trust the Force. Yes. Uh, which which I quite like. Um, uh, Mary Jane confesses her love for Peter, but he rejects her to keep her from danger. Makes sense. Makes sense. Active choice. Simba learns that Scar killed his father, and he throws Scar off of Fried Rock. Uh, classic Disney villain death. I'll kind of allow it. Uh... And then Sauron is defeated, and Frodo and Sam reunite with the Fellowship. Uh, I, yes, I mean... Why not? Yeah, sure. Return with sure. the Elixir, which is essentially just, here is how our hero has been transformed. Uh, Neo makes a call in the Matrix telling them... No, I don't think that's what's happening in that scene. I don't think he's talking to the machines in that scene. I think he's talking to either you, the viewer, or someone that isn't freed yet, right? I think it can be seen as him literally addressing the machines because, I mean, you see a repeat of earlier in the movie when they're tracing his call um, and a, he stops true. the trace program. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, a little bit of semantics. I think technically the return with the elixir can also be mixed in with Neo literally resurrecting and now have kind of, I guess power to do whatever in the where... Matrix. He is theoretically addressing someone who hasn't been woken up yet, but he knows that the machines are spying on him anyway, so he's also yes. addressing them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, but, like, again, like, to that point of these blending of the steps, I mean, these are all just, these are all just tools. You can blend them together, you can chuck them out a window, you can, you can remain steadfast to everyone and have them be completely in individual and unique. Right. The you know 
with the uh, other what? ones are uh, Luke. Win- <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's a Luke wins a medal and takes his first step toward being a Jedi. Like, the, like the what? medal was so important. <laughs> yeah, the the medal was the return with the elixir. I think it's I the mean, fact yeah, that he was it able seems to. Like Chewie, Chewie felt the medal was pretty important, but that's not. That's neither here nor there. Why do we? Why do you pull up Rise of Fucking Skywalker at least once an episode? Is it to fuck with me? What's going on? Jesus. Um, Peter Somehow. Ben's words and embraces his role as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Simba ascends Bride Rock and reclaims the throne. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of the embracing what you initially refuse, whether it's being the king, being Spider-Man, being a Jedi, being a trans woman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've returned with the elixir and it's uh, in convenient pill format. It's injectable. Um, it's sublingual. Uh, <laughs> you can get yeah. it in patches. Yeah. Um, fucking amazing. Um, and now here's where I'm just going to just stop and be like, no, fuck that. Traumatized, Frodo leaves Middle-earth to live in the Grey Havens with the elves. That is, that is not the return with the elixir. Uh, whoever made this diagram, thank you. Um, um actually, uh, actually, I'm gonna push my glasses up on my face a little bit. Yeah. I would, I would argue, and I am gonna get real fucking nerdy here for a hot no, second. Please do. In in the case of the Lord of the Rings, the return with the elixir is the entire because it's a thousand page book, in which, oh, hang on just a second. Yeah, Dan. I, I will do that in a moment or two. Yes. Thank you, Nan. I'm trying to record a podcast. Give me a bit. I'm going to open my editing notes and say to cut this out. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Hour 11. Matrix edit notes. Nope, that's my shopping list. Yeah, I think we're almost wrapped up anyway. Yeah, we're pretty pretty close. Um, Unless you do, you want to get into how the sequels break it down, or should that be a separate episode? I would love to have uh, a guest on for that episode to help sure. us break yeah. it down. Preferably somebody who hates those movies. <laughs> who hates the sequels? Who hates the sequels specifically? Right, yes, I, I I think that would make for a for much we're more. At about, we're at about an hour, so why don't we? Why don't yeah, exactly. We so we can we can around. wrap this up. Um, but uh... well, it seems that our uh, podcast circle is uh, is coming back in with the elixir, right? Right. Yes. Um, but just real quick to my point. Uh, just to leave a dangling thread. Convenient that my grandmother would interrupt me when I'm about to get real nerdy about the Lord, oh, of, the about the Lord of the Rings. Oh, about the Lord of the Rings, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, my grandma loves the Lord of the Rings. She's kind of the reason I'm a nerd, so I might as well just play her, pay her some lip service right there. Thanks, Nan. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, The Return with the Elixir is the entire extended drawn-out sequence in the book of the Scouring of the Shire, where the hobbits, returning from this big adventure, now have the abilities, the talent, and the, the, the knowledge to drive Saruman out of the Shire, who has taken it over in their absence. Um, to me, that's the true return with the Elixir. Uh, because they were able to utilize all of their learned skills and experiences to help save their homeland. They are literally returning and saving their home, uh, uh, very specifically. Uh, Albeit it's over about 120 pages. 
Right. So, yeah. But that's just me being nitpicky with this particular Venn diagram. Um, As you have every right to be. Yeah. Uh, so, well, we, we are nerds talking in depth about The Matrix. Uh, for yes, all intents and purposes, I mean, a, a dead franchise. Here. There's a lot of layers here because we're overanalyzing a system that overanalyzes all of the mythology of all time. Uh, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, the nuances, there there might be some nuances to this stuff that we are not necessarily capturing. We're, we're not professing to be uh, Kimbellian uh, scholars or anything. But, Absolutely not. I am a college um, dropout, so we've got that going for us. Yes. And yeah, like, uh, I don't know, like all good stories, I guess this one is... Uh, <laughs> wrapping up and we'll get into it is we'll get i guess i i guess it kind of has to be the net but immediately following this episode we'll 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 get into how the sequels turn all this on its head yes we can get into that right away i mean we do one of these a month i'm i'm really enjoying doing these with you uh me too, uh, me too. and this is the end of the calendar year and our first uh six months of doing this program uh, I'm excited to keep doing this with you. Happy six uh, months. Happy six months. Um, I'm excited to have guests on in the future. Yes. Uh, I think that, no, I think that works. I think turning the page into the new year and, and starting that off with a guest is, is very, um, yeah. Uh, it, it also I mean, occurred granted, to me the other day. This might, this might turn out to be the first episode of 2024, depending on when it gets, when it gets out, but I have nothing but time over the next few days. This will get ah. edited and published. Gotcha. Uh, before okay. before the new year so gotcha. <laughs> super frustrating uh i'm actually yeah. gonna dip out to target real quick masked up obviously and uh pick up a lego kit just to distract me Ooh, wait ooh, what are you gonna get what are you gonna get what are you I'm, gonna get I'm, I, I was i was talking to bex about this last night i'm always torn between the pirate ship because i did have a big lego pirate ship as a kid and mm -hmm, i've mm -hmm. been bemoaning the absence of lego pirate ships for for ages mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. and they've got one back and but then they've also got this gorgeous 200 dollars set of the fucking space shuttle um, and it's just, Ooh. I know, I know, I know. So I was uh. saying to Bex, like, if you know me, you know that I saw the space shuttle on display at the Smithsonian a few months ago, and I cried upon seeing it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I was bemoaning, like, which one do I get? The pirate ship or the Lego? And, uh, Bex said, well, why don't you split the difference and get the Millennium Falcon? Because it's a pirate, <laughs> it's, both. Yeah. it's a pirate <laughs> space shuttle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to have to see what models they have. It is literally two days before Christmas. My chances of Shit. finding exactly what I want are low, but I think it's worth a hey, shot. Hey, anyway. uh, you got any of that Turbo Man in stock? <laughs> I need the Turbo Man doll. I need to uh, get the Lego pirate ship. I need to have a meaningful, insightful battle with Sinbad. Um, I, need to, I need to make it up to my son, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> it all comes together. Um... God damn it. Put that cookie down. <laughs> I right. saw that movie in theaters. Oh my God. I'm so old. I just turned 38 and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I can no longer claim mid thirties. I'm officially late thirties. So hilarious. Uh, but yes, I'm excited to talk more about the matrix and every other thing. Um, it occurred to me the other day, we haven't really done a trans specific episode on the matrix, but then again, 
Like, we're trans, we're talking about the Matrix, well, yeah, it's I just mean, gonna happen a, anyway. There's not an episode that goes by where we don't bring it up, and yeah, yeah I think exactly. it's kind of baked in. But, we do have those planned. We do have trans-specific episodes planned. We do very much so. Uh, I'm super excited to but talk to still, any guest we have on as far we're as just their... kind of getting out of that initial phase of laying the the groundwork of talking about the films themselves. Oh, now we're getting into the the meta. What a what an astounding amount of groundwork we've had to do. But yes. <laughs> and granted, there's still two other movies that we haven't covered yet, but <laughs> they are I think it makes se- it does make sense to sort them outside of the trilogy. Yes. Um again I've I've said it before, but my main reason for suggesting that was uh, to the Wachowskis, these three movies were one solid period of their life, and Resurrections came way later. Right, and then uh, Animatrix is a bunch of side quests, you know. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, oh, shit, speaking of, you know what? I might just throw on Speed Racer tonight. Fuck it. Um, do it. Uh, uh, and you so... at home, you at home do that too. Yes. Uh, That's an well, order. <laughs> if That's anything, the just to adventure. for the cool the call, to, <laughs> the call to adventure is watch Speed Racer. Right. And if the Ghostbusters taught me anything, it's that we have to answer the call. God More damn More like a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> When's John Goodman bad? It rules. Um, all right. Uh, is there anything else we want to mention real quick about the hero's journey? Uh, besides it. Uh, Everything else we've talked about. Do you have a favorite of the 12 steps? Um, I do like the ordeal. Um, I think that is one that is, well, I I think it's one that, you know, unlike the the beginning ones kind of nebulous, but I think that is one that you really can pinpoint in most stories. It's like the low point and it is like, the moment where the hero is just so overwhelmed and you know daunted that um that they have to rise up and it's it's the most inspiring part right because it's that that makes perfect sense i, I really think like the that. hero yeah. is defined by their struggle if they do not if they are not beaten down it is not satisfying to see them rise back up exactly exactly um my personal favorite uh is uh, just tests allies and enemies because that's when you're meeting all the fun, new, wacky characters. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's when that's when Han Solo shows up, and you get that Harrison Ford smile. Uh, and it's so like, mm. I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Oh, well, now you got me thinking about that. So I'm going to have to get off this call and uh, take a shower. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll leave you to it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh... Hey, it's me. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. All right. My yeah, friend, I love that they, they went from lines like never tell me the odds in Empire to Return of the Jedi where he just says, hey, it's me. I mean, to be fair, it is him. It is him. It, it is him. I'm not going to act like that's not a baller line. <laughs> <laughs> but it does kind of signify that they didn't really have shit for him to do. That is true. Well, anyway, nitpicking, nitpicking of other science fiction franchises aside. Uh, I've been Hope Lickner, she, her. We're really bad at introducing ourselves on these. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> so you can put a name to the voice. Ah, uh, Christ. Well, I've been Ella, she, her. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah.
I'm so used to the dual sign-off that I do with Bex over on Duck Takes. Uh, do you have anything to promote as I as I choke on myself over here? Well, God nah, I mean, it. there's this podcast. There's my other podcast, Mystery Shack Look Back, all about Gravity Falls. I was just on uh, some episodes of Come On for Hoogwa Pods, the Homestar Runner podcast. Find that at PipeDreamPodcast.com. Find me on Elichesary.Weebly.com. That's C-E-S-A-R-I. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I've got Highland Cartoons. Uh, we're going through uh, DuckTales 2017 with my good, good friend Bex. Uh, but we do the podcast together, Highland Cartoons, going through DuckTales 2017. It's a good time. Uh, the episode for this week will be late because of my COVID. I, in fact, have to record an apology after this. That will go up before this episode drops. So there's some fun time travel there. I'll have fun. I will do so, my friend. I will see you later. Have a good uh, weekend if I don't yes. see you otherwise. You as well. And uh, something about love. Yeah. Love is the genesis of stuff. All things. Yes, that Most too. Stuff. Most stuff. All that stuff, it's because of love. And all that jazz. Yeah. Da, da, da. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>